First of all, I realize this is probably not how you thought the story would start. Not with a big, shiny moon, or a city that could look stunning in spite of itself. Or me. Welcome to the second part of the Three Men in a Retrospective podcast, look at the Batman portion of the DC Universe. They're really making movies about every superhero! Listen in as Garrett... I look amazing. You guys look okay. Matt. God damn it. Well, what are you waiting for? Kick the hell out of me and get your standing ovation. And Adam. Uh, this guy? Really? Continue their look at all cinematic incarnations, starring the Gate Crusader. Hi, Bruce Wayne, billionaire, bon vivant, gallivanter, playboy, Gotham's most eligible bachelor like 90 years in a row. Included on this leg of the retrospective are reviews of Batman the Killing Joke. By clinging to reality, you're denying the reality of the situation. Suicide Squad. The world changed when Superman flew across the sky. And then it changed again when he didn't. The Lego Batman movie. I never sleep, because I'm too busy fighting criminals and saving Gotham City 24-7. Justice League. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this. And Teen Titans go to the movies. This is a DC movie? Don't forget to keep checking in each week, as we are leading up to a review of Matt Reeves' latest Dark Knight incarnation, The Batman. I can already see. Things will get worse before they get better. All coming up, courtesy of Percolated Media. You ready? Let's go. Teen Titans go to the movies because we are completionists. Released July 27, 2018. Budget was $10 million. Box office $52.1 million. And this was directed by Peter Rita McHale and Aaron Horvath. All right, boys. Teen Titans. Now... Man, you know, when I looked on the schedule and I saw this was coming up, I gotta say, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> this is, comes at a time when I know the two gentlemen on this podcast are fathers. I have never seen this show in my life. I didn't even, I knew it existed, but I never turned it on at any point. The whole SpongeBob thing came and went. I was never a big fan of SpongeBob either. Again, I'm gonna ask, why are we doing this, Goudreau? So I'll take the proverbial kryptonite bullet on this one. Okay. Because this was the one that I said, oh, we have to cover this to cover all of our bases. But I do have some history with this property, mostly because the the original show, so to give Garrett sort of a history lesson, because I, I do think it's warranted, the Teen Titans themselves have been around in comics for decades, and they're exactly what they sound like. Most, if not all of them, were the sidekicks to the Justice League. Eventually, they became known as the Titans, and then they permanently stuck with Teen Titans, much like the Suicide Squad, there's been a revolving door of members, but your mainstays are the ones that are pretty much in this movie. But Teen Titans Go! is actually a reboot of sorts from an original show that Cartoon Network had during the 2000s, and that ran for, I think, four, five seasons. So I had a good run. It was not in the Bruce Tim Paul Dini animated universe, but it's still not having that attachment didn't hurt it because it's still is remembered very fondly. I think it's a very good show. It's got a unique art style. It's it's anime-inspired without going too far into looking something like One Piece or Dragon Ball, where it'll put you in a coma with all the flashing lights and quick cuts. I watched it a lot. It was not one of my favorite things, but what I liked about the show is that every season centered on a specific titan. Ironically, there were, there were five, five titans, five seasons, although Starfire didn't really get a full arc because of just how it started out, because the second season was not one of the five. That was Terra, where they adapted the Judas Contract, which was a very popular arc, which they did a movie years later, which was shit, in my estimation. But that led into Teen Titans Go!, which was a reboot that got a mixed reception from fans of the original, because it was archetified, you know, the art style's a lot neater. It's much more jokey. It's nowhere near as heavy as Teen Titans got. But I enjoyed it from what I've seen. I have not watched every episode. I've only seen a handful. But I've been amused with what I have seen prior to the movie. 
But with that said, to the people who think this show is too kiddie, I hope Titans on HBO Max slash HBO, you reap what you sow because that show is so dour and depressing that it's funny because there's no levity. And God knows they have tried. So to all you people who hate this show, I hope you appreciate Titans because that is, I think, one of the worst DC adaptations we have ever seen. And I'm sure Adam will speak to that when he talks about his experience with this property. Let me tell you one thing before I go to my other co-host, whose name is very fun to say dramatically. I have to say, you know, you say kidified. There is a joke in here that is so dark. It's probably the darkest joke we've had since Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, and that's the shocking thing oh, yeah. about this about this movie is that if you're if you're an adult, I don't think unless you have no soul, this is a this will be a miserable experience. But I don't know where you guys stand because we covered Lego Batman movie, and Garrett was the nicest of the three of us, which I can't believe was the the reality. When I knew this was coming up, I'm like, all right, either Garrett's going to appreciate that this is on the schedule, or he's going to be having a conversation with me afterwards. But we'll see. <laughs> And by the way, when you say nicest, I still didn't like it. I just liked it a little more than you two did. <laughs> I liked the message, but I was bored to pieces by it. All right, Adam. So you have a son. Now, is Alex a fan of this? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, he is, okay. Yeah, huge. And that's kind of how I got into it, both him and Madison. Growing up, when they were, you know, when we were sitting on the couch, eating dinner or post-dinner, they've actually watched with Laura and I. All episodes of Batman the Animated Series, and then that led wow. into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, which huge fan of the JL and JLU animated series. Huge, huge fans of it. We watched some of the Teen Titans animated series, and it was a little little older for them at that point, but they started watching this on their own. And when they started, I kind of rolled my eyes thinking, uh, you know what, this is just too many fart and pizza jokes and not my style. Watching a little bit more and more. Some of the episodes really have some some more to it. Yeah, it's a lot of humor. It's a lot of Nickelodeon-style humor. Some of it's a little more sophisticated than that. Even the creators of the Titans, Marv Wolfman, one of their greatest writers, for the longest time really kind of crapped on, on Teen Titans Go. And he also had to correct himself and say, you know what? I was way too hard on this thing. If you want a good time, sit and watch Teen Titans Go. Each episode's only 11 or 12 minutes. When they do half-hour blocks, you generally get two episodes and... You know, he was like, there's some fun writing, there's some thoughtful writing, and there is. Um, a lot of the episodes, a lot of the multi-arc episodes even, there's some stuff to be had in there, even for the older older kids, even for the adults that want something. Yes, it is one of the most kiddified versions that you're going to see of a, T, of a DC property. Personally, I'm a big fan of the Titans and Teen Titans, just like Matt. i got to say, that Titans HBO show is one of the worst things that... DC has ever put out of anything, it is abysmal, and I cannot believe that they are still filming, doing fourth season, fifth season, whatever it is. They, they had a little bit of, of good time with uh, with Hawk and Dove, just because their portrayal of Don Granger was, was astounding, wonderful, but that show is horrendous, and this is kind of the perfect binary opposite of what that show is. That show is joyless, colorless, funless. There's nothing to be enjoyed there where regardless of where you sit on Teen Titans Go, I think you'd find it hard not to smile on occasion. And the kids are the ones that talked to me into going to see this at the movies. I just saw it with them, gave Laura a break, and took the kids to the movies, so it was just them and I. And they dragged me to it. You know, I didn't have high expectations when I went, but, yep, this was a theater watch for me, paying full fare for me and the kids. Let me ask you guys, what is it? about that HBO show that makes it as bad as you guys are saying as compared to Teen Titans and what came before this? Independent of this show, or even the, the 2003 show, I would describe Titans, the show, as the worst tendencies of Batman v Superman for not just three hours, for 11 episodes. And that's for one season. I've only seen the first two seasons. There's a third season that is out there, but I'm not going to bring myself to watch it because I just I, I, I almost tapped out after the pilot because it's almost like they went out of their way to said everything that Teen Titans Go is, we're going to do the opposite. It is excessively violent for what it's trying to be, and it looks cheaper than the CW shows, which 
Arrow never had the biggest of budgets, but some of the early Flash, you know, Gorilla Grodd looks great, all things considered, once they introduce some of the more outlandish aspects. And just the mere thing of doing Teen Titans stripped down removes a lot of the fun, because even characters that are routinely humorous, and almost every other adaptation like Beast Boy or Starfire, they're just sticks in the mud and come across as lifeless zombies. And once you get to season two, they introduce Bruce Wayne in the the worst version of Bruce Wayne I think we have ever seen. Ever. Um, I, I've seen cardboard boxes with more personality than him. Ian Glenn plays Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it, it's just the, the whole show is... And it's not miscast. That That's the funny thing. Looking at... You could not have cast a guy who looks more like Dick Grayson and... His co- the, it's still the best Robin costume I've ever seen. Like, it looks great. And when they do Nightwing, it looks great. When they have money to use on Beast Boy, it looks pretty good. But the the show is basically just, it's like the, it's the Snyder hardcore fans and the, well, let's be honest. This was, It was written by Akiva Goldsman, Garrett. So that should tell you about some of the fighting quality. Oh, like, there was literally a trailer Man. came a meme because Robin says, fuck Batman. Yep, that is what sold like the tra- they sold this show on the trailer of of Robin, Nightwing, Dick Grayson on a car going, "Fuck Batman." They have the occasional really really good moment. Donna Troy is a Wonder Girl is a standout. She's fantastic. And then they take her away. The first season revolves around Raven and they get a damn good Raven. And then they take her away for the second season. You know, Trigon, they have a guy that shows up pulled through him. It, it I mean, it's embarrassing. They really should be embarrassed by themselves. Uh, the guy that got to play Deathstroke in that arc, kind of cool. Deathstroke and what they did with him um, and his daughter, though I thought they screwed up Jericho, his son. Man, it's a tale of, of two shows. It's really, really bad. they got great casting for Hawk. The guy that plays Reacher, Alan Richson, is a fantastic Hawk. However, his dialogue consists primarily of him standing there going, fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck. Jesus. Like, for no reason whatsoever. I think he's introduced literally going, fuck, 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 fuck. There's no joy to be had in Mudville. Yeah. And the only good thing to come out of it is Doom Patrol, which was a spinoff show yeah. that is insurmountably better in every capacity. Wonderful. They, they, you know, they recast somebody, but they upgraded to get Timothy Dalton to play their leader. Uh, but that show, to me, is what Titans should have been because that has levity. If you're a fan of the Umbrella Academy... I think you would really like Doom Patrol if you if you sought it out. Because look, that's the reason it's called the Doom Patrol is because it is a D level DC property. That book has never sold well. I'm pretty sure it's gotten canceled multiple times. Yeah, which is funny because it's exactly what Stanley ripped off to create the X Men is Doom Patrol. But it's I mean to tie in together, they switch the roles of Beast Boy and Cyborg for the most part. Yeah, because Beast Boy comes from the Doom Patrol originally. Uh-huh. The comic. Yep. And even Cyborg. Because Cyborg has been on the Doom Patrol, he's been in Justice League, he's been on the Teen Titans. It's whenever we need to plug in our token black guy, we we have him, <laughs> we have him available. But Brandon Frazier's in that show and is delightful as all hell as Robot Man. There's just, there is so much fun. Elastic, the original Elastigirl uh, that they ripped off for Incredibles is in that show. Doom Patrol I can't speak highly enough of, just like Swamp Thing. So... Bringing it back to Teen Titans Go, you said, Matt, that these guys are pretty much sidekicks. Well, I know Robin, and of course I know Cyborg because of that movie we reviewed last week. But who is Beast Boy? Who are these other ones? Like, are these people from the comics, or where do they pull these people from? These are all, the other three are complex creations. Beast Boy, not to go into too much of a history, he comes from the Doom Patrol originally. And then they just cross him over with the Teen Titans because he always he's always fit better with the Teen Titans because he's he's younger than almost everyone in the Doom Patrol and he's exactly like he is he's green skinned he can turn into animals pretty straightforward. Uh, Starfire is an alien princess she's kind of like what the Shi'ar Empire is in the X Men comics where she's your she's kind of like Lalandra or, or Deathbird she can shoot like projector beams she can fly she was in line to be queen and then there was a coup basically and she got jettisoned. And Raven is the daughter of a demon, uh, Trigon, who is all about world domination, but she's got a change of heart because she hooks up with her mother's human, so she's kind of got the Aquaman half-and-half thing. She's like a sorcerer, kind of, but she can sense emotions. Depending on what you're going for, she can play into a lot of tones. She can be deathly serious, 
or just that sardonic, quick-witted, doesn't say much, but when mm-hmm. she does, it's funny. And, of course, you know, Robin, the, the, the funny thing is that in both versions, they never name drop which Robin this is, and that was a mandate from the original show, was that they only wanted to focus on them as superheroes, so they were never called by their real names. Now, Adam mentioned he took his kids. Goudreau, did you see this in theaters? Yes, I did. I went with a friend who I, I go to movies with all the time. I was not yet married, and I was not a father yet. So demographic-wise, we, we skewed a little bit older, but we had the excuse of, hey, this was our show before it was your show. Like, toy, like walking into Toy Story. It was like walking into Toy Story 4. And I'm like, hey, we, we did our time. You guys have to wait. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it should come as no surprise to anybody listening to this that this was first time watched for me as both a movie and a show. I've never turned this on in my life. I've never had it on in the background. All right, so this is maybe a shorter plot summary than Lego Batman. What do you say we just dive right in here? Let's go! There you go. I knew somebody was going to say it. So we start off with Daffy Duck on a lot of caffeine. Isn't that just Daffy Duck normally? (laughs) (laughs) I looked at this, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Matt, how many times do we have to do this? Like, Remember when we reviewed Gremlins 2? This is kind of the way Gremlins 2 started, too. It was just like, man, you know right from the start exactly what you're going to get, right? And Warner Brothers Animation... This was a, a sort of a separate production company that the Lego movie was their first production. And this was, I don't know if it's technically theirs, because they, they had the original people from the show, I believe, work on this movie. Yep. It's a mix of both. I think Warner just distributed it. It's just funny that this is the first one since Mask of the Phantasm where they took a animated show and actually gave it a full theatrical release. Because they never did it for Superman. They never did it for Justice League. Uh, there was a Batman Beyond movie that really should have gone to theaters, but didn't. I think censorship played an issue with that, among other things. So it was surprising when I heard this was getting a theatrical release because it it looks like the TV show. You know, it looks good. It's flash animation, which is very uncommon nowadays. When you look at the mainstream, you know, Disney has gone fully computer image for the most part. Pixar has made an art form out of it. So to see something made on basically... Adobe software was was kind of off-putting to see that in a theater. So we open up in Jump City, where a huge inflated destroyer is taking over the city until he gets stuck between buildings. Now he's throwing police cars, blowing bubbles. Teen Titans are there, and we get a nice little battle where they end up deflating him, and we get a few fart jokes out of it. (laughs) I have to say, though, it's a fun way to open this movie. They do the the song in the beginning here, and, uh, you know, as somebody, again, who has never, ever seen this show in my life it was a good introduction plus i'll go ahead and say this this cyborg is a hell of a lot better than the one we got from the Snyderverse. this guy is actually fun i enjoyed this beginning actually and what we get here in the movie is pretty much what you get in the tv show gets ramped up for length and everything else but you're not getting a, a different attitude you're not getting different characterizations these are and it's great that they have the same voices for them all but these are exactly who these characters are in the television show for God, what is it now? A good 11, 12 seasons. So they're not missing a beat bringing it to the big screen. So I have to pull the rug out from under both of you guys because I had an ulterior motive for suggesting this movie. Because I have been saying for years, I want to do musicals. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. Jesus. And this was my way to kind of get a musical. (laughs) But that notwithstanding, what I think this movie does that the Lego movie, the Lego Batman movie kind of failed at is there is so much happening in the background and with the jokes. They actually linger on stuff, but not to the point where this feels like ADHD because right away you see Welcome to Jump City. And if you read underneath, it says Safer Than Gotham. (laughs) there's there's sight gags with balloon man there's actual there's puns that they make they they have the rap song so they're using every form of comedy they can think of but if you're someone who's not a fan of you know the juvenile or the immature this is not the movie for you but if if you can appreciate it when it's well done and i do think most of the comedy in this plays pretty well and, and there's some stuff that happened later on that caught me so off guard. I howled like Robert De Niro and Kate Spear in the oh my theater. God. Uh, but this is a this is a great way to start start the movie. And as Adam said, this is exactly the tone of the show, just cranked up to eleven. I wouldn't put this on the same level as something like the Simpsons movie, where they spent 
a lot of years prior just floundering in the movie that brought their A material, and it looked cinematic. Here, it looks like you could watch this on Cartoon Network. There's really no discernible difference in the animation, but I think that speaks to the quality of the actual show, in my opinion, that they could translate a bigger screen, a slightly bigger budget, and it still looks good. So we are also seeing Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern. They're flying by late for the battle. And here we are hearing a, a big plot of this film, which is that it's always been Robin's dream to have a movie made about him. And, of course, this is where we get the Green Lantern movie joke out of the way. <laughs> this is when so much of the, as Matt said, you know, so much of the, of the deep jokes really, really start to pay off. Because Nicolas Cage is playing Superman. Yes. Which I was just about ready to say it's one of my favorite jokes of this entire film that Nicolas Cage is playing Superman. If you don't, I if you don't know, it means nothing. If you know, it means yes. everything. And then at one point, uh-huh. you know, they make a joke and he face palms and goes, somebody save me. And I'm like, oh, yes, what? which is from Smallville. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, that joke, mm-hmm. as much as Garrett has never seen this, that joke is going to pop Garrett for the Smallville reference that it is. Absolutely it did. They do take their cheap shot at Green Lantern, but I think what makes it funny is that another Green Lantern. It's <laughs> John Stewart doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I caught that. And this yeah. is the John Stewart Green Lantern who's like, my dreams were crushed because of another <laughs> yeah. Green Lantern. And this is also, I think, a, a clever commentary on, I'm reading into this possibly, but the fact that Robin had never been done justice in a movie, and that's Robin's whole goal in this, is like, I want to be, you know, I want to be the star. And unfortunately, they should have called this Robin featuring the Teen Titans go to the movies, because the other four are relatively sidelined for most of it. So as far as, like, doing an actual Teen Titans movie, I do think it kind of fails in that regard. But this is the best Robin we've gotten up to this point, and I include everything <laughs> You know what's amazing is when this movie came out and it's lampooning everything that DC had done up till that point, watching it now a couple years later, it still is worth making fun of DC films for everything they've done. Now, up till this point, you could play this movie today and it would still be a proper indictment of everything Warner Brothers and DC is doing. You know, if they didn't have Robin on that TV show already, a good joke would have also been to have like Marlon Wayans voice this Robin. <laughs> like that, that oh, would have been beautiful. Yes. We cut to a movie premiere where Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, as well as uh, Supergirl and Plastic Man, they're all getting their time on screen here. But the Teen Titans, they're rejected for not being superheroes. We also see the name of the movie being played again. Fucking fantastic joke. Batman again. Which is what I feel like every single time we're doing one of these fucking Batman movies. <laughs> that they allow this movie to lampoon Warner Brothers so much is part of what works. Because they could have said, no, 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 come on, guys, that's a little too much at our expense. But they mm-hmm. let them go with it. And, and that self-depreciation is part of what makes this movie really stand out and really work. This is very much Deadpool for kids. That's the way of putting it. Where... And that's sort of my, my summation of this review, where if you if you don't like this style of comedy, I can't see any chance in hell you're going to like this. But if you like self-deprecation and really obscure jokes like the challenges of the unknown, that is... See, I was going to ask about them. I have no idea who the fuck those guys were. Who the fuck are these guys? They are a Jack Kirby creation from probably like the, the late 50s, I want to say, where... Apparently, they are what the Fantastic Four were based on. Really? Yep. Kirby claimed that Stanley kind of just stole it when he made the Fantastic Four, which, I mean, let's not talk about Stanley too yeah. much yet, because more to come that. But I love, there's a couple running jokes that I think are actually really funny. I love the the stuff with Raven and the portals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do we get in? Oh, portal. And did Nina Garofalo voice that? Because it certainly sounds like her. The amazing Tara Strong. Oh, that girl yeah. is in everything we review. Timmy Turner herself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she has voiced like the entire DC female catalog, except yeah. Wonder Woman. <laughs> Which is, I do have a knock on that, is that outside of, you know, Nicolas Cage as Superman, most of the other superheroes, they're not really giving vocal performances. Yeah. yeah. You got Halsey to voice Wonder Woman. Jimmy Kimmel voicing fucking Batman. Like, that was weird. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you can't like you can't really tell it's him. No, you can't. You can't appreciate. But Patton Oswalt as the Adam, <laughs> I think that's actually that's pretty that's pretty clever because he's. It wasn't until Legends of Tomorrow that that character actually got some kind of respect. We see a portal open by Raven, and they all jump inside it because they're like, as you guys mentioned, how we get inside? Oh, I can do a portal. We see Flash eat a bucket of popcorn about as fast as I've seen Adam eat it when we go to the movies together. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
and Superman freezes Green Lantern. <laughs> and now that they're in, the Titans, they're in a tough spot as all the seats are taken, but they open a portal and out go the challengers of the unknown. <laughs> like, are these like the literal red shirts of DC? Like, we just get rid of them when we need to? <laughs> I don't know the last time they've actually been published, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think this is the most screen time they have, they have gotten ever. They're not even in Justice League Unlimited. They're just Watchtower employees that are wearing their uniforms. And uh, we then see Jade Wilson, and we can say that she is the villain of this film. Uh, she is opening a new Batman film, and I relish today a woman actually directs a Batman film. Now, this is she is voiced by the Kristen, Bell. Kristen Bell. Yeah, yep. and um, you know it's what? funny when I when I was pulling clips for these reviews, I I hadn't watched the movie at this point. I'm, I'm watching this clip of her saying, "Who's ready for another Batman film?" And I'm like, "Not me." <laughs> <laughs> but I love how she gets into this role, and uh, you know who she turns into is obviously very predictable, and the film plays on that. But I don't know. I find Kristen Bell to be a very good presence, and it's very fun to listen to. What do you guys think of Jade Wilson? Which that—that's the level of humor that's aimed at kids. You know, they're—they're they're not trying to pull the rug out of anyone's eyes, but that's part of the joke. And the funny thing is that Slade Wilson actually has a daughter in the comics that is not named Jade Wilson. Which is also kind of an end joke because they, they make a lot of jokes at, at Slade Wilson's expense, which I, I think is warranted because they've taken that yeah. character to a level where he is sort of like Batman, where he has become, you know, darkness, no parents, can't make jokes, especially if you've seen Titans. But I like this this scene with the fucking trailers where they, oh, use, yes. they use all the different fonts. Like they use the Christopher Nolan trailer uh -huh. font. Mm -hmm. They use the 89 font. Again, if you know these tropes, this movie's going to play for you. But they're not so distracting to where they don't function as being clever. It's just neat stuff for the fans. Like To me, this is sort of the... This is clever fan service throughout almost all of it. Yeah, you made the comparison to Deadpool. And if people remember, I famously did not like Deadpool at all. I have to say, as somebody who went into this completely blind... I am having a fucking blast so far, and uh, these jokes are really hitting for me because I don't think it talks down to you like Deadpool does. I think Deadpool does a lot of talking down to the audience and talking down to things that you know I actually really like. And here they're doing that, but they're doing it in such a way that it's making me smile. And I'm, I'm digging the humor in this as opposed to Deadpool. These trailers, the way that they make them, you know, that much more crazy, that much more ridiculous. You know, in a year that we got Super Pets the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how, you know, this stuff is a joke, but uh, kind of not really. And I was glad to see Kristen Bell show up in this because, for those that don't know, before Margot Robbie got the role, she had really tried for years and years and years to become Harley Quinn. Did she really? Oh, yeah. She loved that character, wanted to do it, but got with Paul Dini, got with Bruce Tim, trying to get them to convince WB to let her be Harley Quinn live action. She did everything she could other than show up at somebody's house in a cat suit. <laughs> go back to that discussion. We had. Yeah, go to um, Batman Returns to hear that discussion. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Kristen Bell, both live action, and I think she's one of the people that actually does do voice work, voice acting in her voice work, so I'm glad to see her here. Yeah, Jen had mentioned that she's heard her in a whole bunch of different things. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much how she makes her living now, is doing a lot of uh, voice work. She's also on her husband, Dak Shepard's podcast, which I listen to. So Robin, as you guys mentioned, he starts loving the previews until there's one for Alfred coming broom, which I actually... <laughs> and there is broom. an Alfred television show right now. Jesus Christ. And then oh, we see... Uh, on HBO Max. Good Christ. We see a movie about the Batmobile, which is something I would actually like to see if it didn't have Vin Diesel that in it. One's, and that one's coming from... That, that one's coming. <laughs> they, they are doing They are doing a uh, DC Vehicles animated Jesus movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh I some Batman. I shit you not. <laughs> do they literally like do things like go out and listen to podcasts or watch movies like this? And they're like, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and do that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there was a Warner Brothers focus group who watched this movie and are like, oh, we want to be in on the joke. Let's yeah, <laughs> let's all that. But I love Cyborg's like, oh man, they even made a car movie before they made one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's digging in. Uh, and then we... it's the animated series Car. Oh, yep. okay. I didn't catch that. And then we see a preview for Utility Belt. <laughs> and Robin is just getting laughed at for thinking the movies were about him and for just being a sidekick, which is really all he's been all these years. And that's still the perception of Robin, unfortunately. Yeah. Is that, well, the Teen Titans were important in comics to give Robin a, a distinction 
outside of just being Batman's sidekick, which is also where a lot of the meta commentary with him and Slade comes from. That's an extension of both the comics and the TV show. So they're they're taking a good angle because choosing Robin makes the most sense. He's the he's the only one who's really well known because it took Cyborg being in the Justice League movie for people to be like, oh yeah, I know Cyborg. Titans try comforting Robin, saying he is a real hero to them. And I love the cyborg outlook on his life, where if it wasn't for the Titans, he would be playing football and eventually end up on a reality show. (laughs) Again, much more fun than that Justice League movie. Yeah, and this, well, unlike the theatrical cut of Justice League, he actually, they reference his backstory as a football player. And he's like, yeah, I I have to deal with the post-concussion syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Jesus, they are not afraid. No. They are not afraid at all. I mean, there, there's some stuff coming up that I still Oh, my God. Oh, my with. God. There's a gag coming up I mentioned earlier. It's coming up where I had to pause it and turn away. I was laughing so fucking hard, and I was mad at myself for laughing as hard as I was. This is it's, why I'm glad you watched it for the first time because Adam and I there's – there's a scene that Adam and I have joked about for years. Like when I, when I first saw this, I texted him. I'm like, oh, my God. I just thought he might, and I could not believe some of the jokes they went to. The team decides they need an arch nemesis in order to have a movie done about them, and we see the perfect plot device, the Detronium Crystal, and the villain introduced himself as the greatest villain this side of the universe. He is Slade. Slade. Boys, who the fuck is Slade? All right. Deathstroke, or Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is where Deadpool got stolen from. Yeah, much like Darkseid came before Thanos. Uh, so Marvel and DC have, have gone back and forth about rip-off characters, but this is a joke because in the original Teen Titans show, standards and practices did not allow them to call him Deathstroke. Yep. Because oh, wow. of sense. So they could only call him Slade, which is why they draw out his name as long as they do. There is a specific reason why that joke is, is there, but again, it really works if you, if you know this character's history. He fought everybody. Nowadays, most people only associate him with Batman, but he has gone up against the Teen Titans. He's gone up against the Justice League. He's he's a mercenary for hire. Except, unlike Deadpool, he doesn't break the fourth wall. Oh, yes. And he's he's played pretty straight. And in the original show, he was voiced by Ron Perlman. Oh, okay. Who, who did a great job, as you would expect, because it's Ron Perlman. And they've had a couple of different actors play him. I know Arrow had a different actor than the one that was on Titans. Well, Will Arnett did him this time, didn't he? Yeah, this yeah. is us. The Lego Batman himself. Yeah. And he, it's a totally different voice. For the most part, you know, there's a couple parts where when he lowers it where he sounds like Batman, but he's got a take on it where he's not just doing Batman, which I think makes this actually funny. And I'm also glad they call him out as, no, you're just Deadpool. Yeah, these Deadpool jokes fucking slay me. I got to say, I was laughing pretty hard. And that's exactly what it is. Rob Liefeld gets made fun of over and over for ripping off for ripping off the characters. Literally, Wade Wilson, Slade Wilson. They have the same colors, but flipped. They're both all about blades and guns. Liefeld took him exactly and just kind of changed up the costume a little bit. Like, it is ridiculous how much he calls it a uh, an homage or a tribute, I think is what he calls it. But yeah, he just ripped off Deathstroke. Slade says his mind, his mind manipulation will be the Titan's downfall. He demonstrates this with a bendable pencil and disposable thumbs. <laughs> and then Slade takes the crystal and jams, saying, give him a call when they are real superheroes. We then cut to Robin, just despondent about not being a real superhero, and we get a Lion King parody, which I so wasn't expecting. They make a meme out of it because there is a there's a very famous gif of Rafiki throwing Simba off Pride Rock, <laughs> which is what they're referencing here. Why this works is that the Lion King has never gone out of style. It is still as popular now as it almost has ever been. The, the, the fact that everyone still knows The Lion King is also why this is funny. They didn't pick an obscure animated movie. Like, everyone knows The Circle of Life. Yeah, this absolutely cracked me up. And it's for all the reasons that Matt said. You know, it's, of all the ones that you go with to go with Lion King, everybody's cracking. The parents, as much as the kids, are cracking up at this. Beast Boy takes Robin by limo to the Titans version of the Robin movie, quote-unquote limo. But this upsets Robin, and here's the time he he kind of... You know, I get the plot here. I get what Rob, what they're going for with this. But he kind of comes off as a petulant child to me. The way he's just, like, whining that he needs this movie about him. It's like, man. Ugh. Oh, yeah. With, without a doubt. And this is Robin in the show, too. Like, it's about everybody. But Robin, as much as he's the character so many people know and that much, he does come across like an absolute just petulant child. Because mm-hmm. he is. We get an uplifting song that seems to cheer Robin up a little bit. And then the Titans are once again turned down for the chance to get in the studio backlot. So but did you catch who sings the song? No. It's Michael Bolton. 
Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, is it? <laughs> yes. And they, 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 they freaking parody I Know What You Did Last Summer when they hit him with the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, his dad's a cop. Let's keep driving. <laughs> Raven once again opens a portal, and the Titans are very wide-eyed until Stan Lee shows up for his cameo in a DC movie. This joke seems easy, and... I shouldn't laugh at this, but I fucking do. And this is really Stan Lee, right? This isn't somebody pretending to be him. No, th that's actually his voice. That is him. Wow. And I think this is genius because I accused the Marvel movies of obligatory was being kind because some of them, the movie just stops so he can walk into frame with some of those cameos. They started off funny. I still think the Iron Man one is the best one they've ever done. And it got to a point where... And unfortunately, now that he's gone, we're not going to see him anymore. But I got sick of them after after a point. Yep. And I love it because it's, the, you know, the easy way to do it would have been to make a joke at the expense. There's a character that Jack Kirby created called Funky Flashman that is an ins a direct insult to Stan Lee. Uh, created it for Mr. Miracle, Fourth World uh, Universe, that just is this, like, just huckster, just sham man, because Kirby was just done with Stan at that point. It's why he left to go to D.C. And that would have been the easy joke to make. But this comes across kind of like a caring tribute, you know, to Stan. This is his last his last cameo, yeah. you know, is this one here. And so it's in a D.C. Ironic. movie. There's some good stuff here. Like, this brings a smile to my face. The last one when he was alive, right? Yes, yes. Sorry, yeah, because it was the one that still showed up posthumously. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was two of them because he was in Spider-Verse and Captain Marvel posthumously. Yeah, you're right. We see another joke that worked for me, which is Batman and Superman finding out their moms are both named Martha, and then they hug it out <laughs> until they find out their dads have different names. <laughs> Again, better than Snyder's vision. <laughs> the Titans push Robin to Jade, who asks him what a movie about him would even be. And after singing his answer, complete with his booty in 3D and his catchphrase, crack an egg on it, Jade is still unimpressed. She Again, says, with the fonts, you'll notice they use the Sam Raimi Spider-Man font. Yeah, they I use, that. Mm -hmm. They use the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 font. They do the cover of Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. They're rounding all their bases. But they last long enough. Like, it's not blinking, you miss it. They'll linger on a shot for two, maybe three seconds, so you can actually absorb it. Jen made a crack while I had this on, because she was working as I was watching this. They had to have been high when they wrote this, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> this is complete drug-induced fun for me. <laughs> a lot of candy. They, they write this, like, they get amped up like ch children do. Yeah. Mountain Dew and, Skitt yeah. Mountain Dew and Skittles. <laughs> yep. Snorting pixie sticks the whole way. <laughs> Snorting pixie sticks. Me and you snorted a few pixie sticks back in the day. <laughs> True story. Yeah. Uh, actually, your car is none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was her name. Yeah. <laughs> Jade. Jade says the only way she'd consider a movie is if there were no superheroes left in the world. And here is my favorite part of this plot, where Robin decides he's going to save all superheroes by preventing the tragic events that made them superheroes to begin with. Hey, look, it's Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> So I haven't seen it. Love the Back to the Future song drops. And I'm yes. saying right now, boys, I'm having a hell of a lot more fun with this movie than I was expecting. And not to mention, as you guys mentioned, it's rather clever. Cyborg puts in Take On Me, and they are on their way. They head to Krypton from the Donnerverse, because if you notice, they drew this up to look like Marlon Brando from the 78 version, where they prevent Krypton from blowing up, and they even yell at Jor-El and Lara to prevent them from sending Clark to Earth. And then I love them playing these crystals like they were they were some kind of musical instruments. Yeah, the EDM just yeah, drop oh, that so great. They then head over to Wonder Woman and they prevent her from getting her lasso, which was great. They take her lasso from her. And then they catch Aquaman in a plastic six pack ring. Not believe they did that. I can't either. I mean <laughs> but that's not the worst one. The worst one here, they prevent Bruce Wayne's parents from being shot. And they call out, hey, it's Crime Alley. Yeah. Why don't you go down Happy Street right over here? They're seeing the effects of what they have done on the world. I love that Lex Luthor is shaving everyone bald. So fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. They go and make Krypton blow up again. They give Wonder Woman back her lasso. They rescue Aquaman from the plastic ring. Then, in the fucking darkest joke I have ever seen in my life, and one where I had to pause the movie, I was laughing so fucking hard, 
They take the pearls from Martha Wayne and push them down the fucking alley. (laughs) I fucking laugh my ass off at this. First of all, I could not believe they even put that in the movie. This is a child's film, and I'm not trying to be a prude or anything, but I'm just calling out. This is not a child joke here. Adam, you called out that, you know, both adults and kids could like this. This is a, a joke only a, an adult would like would know. Somebody oh, like absolutely. us who has seen these movies over the years and knows this joke from over and over. We've seen this done, and we've called it out each and every time. And here we're seeing it portrayed in this animated film in the darkest way possible, and I could not be laughing harder. And the two seconds they take to put the pearls back on Martha before they push her down the alley. Oh, my it's part God. of what does it, you know? Just going back to those damn pearls. Oh, so fantastic. Oh. I almost stood up and cheered when they did this. Because <laughs> this is, this reminded me of when I first saw Shrek as an adult. And there's an open joke about masturbation. <laughs> uh, among other things, because Shrek is... Those first two Shrek movies are loaded with double entendres and really crass humor. This brought me back to that because it's so rare when I see something, a lot of modern Disney Disney movies that try to be hip and funny, they don't really do jokes like this anymore. Like Mm. the the last one that really, I think, had a joke like this was an Inside Out because they were talking about puberty. And, and, you know, it made sense to go there. But this just instigating murder (laughs) uh, was shocking, but... I think it's the funniest joke in this movie, and I almost want to award it a star just for having the balls to commit to this. Well, and then I didn't even call out. They also <laughs> another great joke is they now are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are they DC? No, they no. are. They're a third IDW. Brand. Okay, because they push they them push away, them from, away the, from the use. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they, they, and they literally they don't even pick, they just pick them up and they move from the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The sewers. <laughs> oh my god. They then head to Slade, who's charging the Detronium crystal and once again tries unsuccessfully to use his mind manipulation. And there's a fight where Slade kicks their asses and flies away. They chase him, once again calling him Deadpool, and they take the crystal. They cut Slade down, and Robin says his catchphrase, much to Slade's delight. <laughs> like this phrase <laughs> is not working for him. Egg. <laughs> He then tells him how having a nemesis works, and then Slade just gets away. He's hesitant to admit the Titans are too strong, and he decides to divide and conquer. Jade, meanwhile, leaves a message that she wants to see the Titans, and they head back to the studio. And this time, the guard is very happy to see them and lets them in. They make it to the studio, and Robin is loving all the sets here. And I gotta say, my first day on that 20th Century Fox lot when I got that job, this is exactly the way I was. (laughs) You could not tear me the fuck away. Did you also shit in a prop toilet? Well, I'm getting to that set of jokes, and yes, I did. No, I'm kidding. We uh, we <laughs> then we then get about five minutes of pooping in toilet jokes, which is why I say that this had to have been made with a lot of drugs in mind. And then they beat up Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Easy joke then and now. My God. <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of people wanted to do at that time. Jay tells Robin that he's going to be a big star. They then get into a bunch of shenanigans by creating algae on Swamp Thing. And then poor Aquaman, they're deflating his inflatable pool. I mean, he's just getting picked on left and right in this thing. Well, they portray him as the classic dorkish Aquaman with the bright... Yeah. The bright orange... You know what's funny? Me and Jen are going through Smallville now. And yesterday we got to the episode, and she's never seen it where Aquaman makes his appearance. And my God, she, she had her head in her hands the entire time. She's like, is this guy really this dorky? I'm like, yep, that's the way he is in the comics. It's exactly it's, how he is. And they, they cut out the air and he's flopping like a fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they call Superman pretending to be Lois, saying she's in the middle of Gene Hackman's real estate scheme. <laughs> I can't believe they brought fucking Gene Hackman's name into this. They brought up 78 Superman again. I mean, they're making these jokes. I mean, this isn't Henry Cavill Superman, and I find that very telling, that they know nobody's going to care if they put Russell Crowe on here. No, they know that everybody knows the Christopher Reeve Superman, so so that's what they're lampooning here. There is one good joke at Cavill's expense, and it's funny because this movie came out the exact same day as Mission Impossible Fallout. In the back where you got all the posters, going, and one of them there's a scene where it's Superman, and it's a Superman's head with a giant mustache on it. I did not catch that. <laughs> <laughs> and for this movie coming out the same day as freaking the Superstash Gate, it, yeah, that one works. 
There was also, there's a poster, Batman v. Joker, Yawn of Justice. <laughs> God damn. See, I watched this movie once for this review. I, I took big time notes and I paused it a couple times to catch up and whatnot and jot down all my thoughts. Now I need to kind of watch this again because I, I did not catch any of those jokes that you guys mentioned. Titans uncover the Doomsday device, but Superman prevents them from destroying it. They throw a kryptonite party and literally kick Superman to the curb. <laughs> this is almost as funny as them pushing Martha into crime. That is pretty just, funny. Yeah. They're, they're jumping kryptonite. Because normally it's like they, they – like the Christopher Reeve movie, he holds a, a, a weighted necklace of kryptonite, and that's yeah. not what we can have. Here they're just dumping piles yeah. on a convulsing <laughs> Superman. The Titans then confront Jade, who says that Doomsday does not mean what they think. It actually stands for digitally ordering online movie streaming directly at you. <laughs> Boy, head of the game right there. Yeah, you're not fucking services. kidding. Jesus. Fuck. She says it will revolutionize the film industry. Yeah, okay, or take it down, one of the two. She then says that she's killing the Teen Titans movie, which destroys Robin. She says they're all jokes. But she would make a Robin movie, and then he jumps at ditching his friends to have a movie made about him. So this is what he's wanted his entire life, and here he goes. He thinks he's going to get his dream here. Jay tells Robin that fame is worth so much more than friendship. He gets his body scanned and even has fans waiting for him to sign his picture. But one of them has a picture of all the Titans, and this bums Robin out. But Jay tells him that they turned down cameos because they were living their own lives. And she approaches him about filming the final scene of the movie. He gets hit by a light and knocked out. She continues to shoot and Robin types in the code to the Titan's vault. And this is when Jade reveals her plan of having access to the Titan's vault to get Slade's crystal back. And then this is also when she reveals herself to be Slade, which is an example of mind manipulation that helped all superheroes get their movies. And now he will have mind control over everyone. And so this is the Riddler's plot from Batman Forever, right? <laughs> he's, he's trying to mind control everybody. <laughs> Slade then blows up Titan's headquarters, and Robin calls himself a failure with no friends and baby hands. <laughs> <laughs> that is an ongoing joke throughout the entire series. My kids explained that to me. They're, they were busting up at the baby hands references. And I didn't realize that was a joke. I thought that was a dig at Trump. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's right. He runs out of the tower and finds a picture of him and his friends. It makes him send the transmission to his friends about how he was wrong about them holding each other back. That's all for naught because they're all just sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> they call how much they saw the plot of Jade Wilson being slayed coming a mile away. <laughs> and then they head to the Robin premiere where Jade says Robin can't be there due to, and I quote, explosive diarrhea. So <laughs> this that, is funny. That, it's funny hearing Kristen Bell say that. I gotta say. So I thought that was a throwaway joke until Nicolas Cage talked about it. Once you have Superman commenting on it, it actually becomes funny because they commit to it fully. They all show up just in time for Slade to hatch his plan. The fight is on, and they drive away, only to be chased by a red-eyed Batman who has a, a bat bike, a bat scooter, <laughs> bat roller skates. Oh, and by the way, Alfred. <laughs> I love that shot of him just riding Alfred as Alfred's running along. This is fucking hilarious. And here we get the other Stan Lee cameo. As you mentioned, Matt, the fact that they bring this up not once but twice just to call out how... And we, we'll get to the Marvel movies down the road, but just to call out how just how much Stan Lee makes a presence in these movies when he shouldn't, it's just so funny to me. There's also the, um, they hit Adam with a car, and they turn on the windshield wipers. What's that supposed to mean? What's that call out? Because he's so small. Oh, because he's small. Gotcha. Yeah, they treat him like a, like, he's basically Ant-Man. He's, he's Ant-Man. Ant oh, okay. They run into all the heroes who are now evil as Robin throws a detonator that's caught by Slade. And then there's another big fight between the two before Slade threatens to show his movie, but not before his friends show up. Robin is then under the spell of the Doomsday Device, and we have another fight between all of them. This is before the friends, they show him the real Robin movie, and this warms his heart enough to have him come back. Slade says under the mask, his other eye is crying. <laughs> <laughs> before he launches into his backup plan of getting i guess he's he gets in what voltron here i mean what, what is this that he's getting into pretty much all right <laughs> i thought this was another inside joke but apparently it's just a big robot and then he tries taking them out another massive fight happens and what's up with this waffle joke by the way this gotta be from the show right that that's a gag from the show oh that, yeah okay they, they reference waffles as much as Zack snyder uses slow motion 
Jesus <laughs> Christ. All about making waffles, eat waffles, going to get waffles, come home and then make a waffle. Yeah. It, waffles is, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wrong because French toast is better anyway. They didn't even pick the right. <laughs> all subjective, sir. All subjective. Stranger Things says, damn, they talk about waffles a lot. Robin then says, it's okay that they'll never be like other superheroes, as he is proud to call all of them Teen Titans. They play the theme song and then blow up Slade's robot, knocking out the Doomsday device. Meanwhile, the Challengers are still trapped. <laughs> Remember these guys? <laughs> <laughs> the other heroes, they all clap for the Titans, and Robin says that they don't need to be super to be a superhero. You just need to be yourself. The Titans push for credits, and then Robin tells all the kids in the audience to ask their parents where babies come from. (laughs) Yeah, you know how fun that was? I was going to ask whoever brought kids. That must have been really fun. I had had one child laughing her head off and the other one looking at me very inquisitively. (laughs) And that's how we roll credits, boys. Now, is there an after credit scene in this? Yep, of course there is. All right, go. So it essentially with, and it's funny because it kind of multiverses at first, but it, and I can't remember exactly how it broke down, but it basically introduces, and they end up face-to-face with the other Teen Titans from the Teen Titans animated series. Not the Teen Titans Go, but Teen Titans to set up the movie that came directly after this, Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Can't remember which way it went. And that's how we end, boys. On uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do we give Teen Titans Go to the Movies? Uh, Adam, you go ahead and go, sir. So this summer, the animated superhero movie that I was really, really excited for was The Incredibles 2. After so long, all the anticipation and the build-up to Pixar's greatest superhero movie, the best superhero movie of this year, other than... Endgame is, or Infinity War, is Teen Titans go to the movies. It delivers humor on a scale that most of these type of movies just don't. Humor is subjective, and that's why we don't discuss a lot of straight-up comedies on the show, on this podcast. However, this one is so rapid-fire, so sardonic. The wit, it's dark, but it's dark in a knowing, tongue-in-cheek, winking way that you can't help but laugh along with it. I mean, for anybody who's gone through superhero movies, comics, and knows the ups, downs, tribulations of it, for this movie to be able to lampoon so much of it, And get away with it. I mean, this is like a mad magazine sketch for, you know, the hour and 20 minute, hour and 35 minutes that this movie is. And so much of it really, really works. I do think part of the slate goes on a little bit long. You know, the end doesn't necessarily translate as good as the first two thirds to three quarters of the movie. But this thing is really solid. It's really fun. The music choices, the songs, this movie is just, it hits on every level. I was wondering when I sat down to watch this again if I was going to enjoy it the same way that I did before. And I did. I was glad to say that I really, really did. I got some new jokes that I missed when I was at the theaters and even the time or two that I've watched it since. It's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable in a big, bad way. If you want to be able to poke fun at some of the superhero darkness, some of the superhero malaise and doldrums that get out there, pop in Teen Titans, go to the movies, because... They know what they are. They're self-referential enough to all the superhero genre that sometimes poking fun at it is completely necessary to hit a good reset button, and that's what this does. Teen Titans Go to the Movies is a solid 8 on 10. It is not only one of the better animated superhero movies, it's one of the better superhero movies. It knows what it is, and that is why it's successful. All right, 8 out of 10 from Adam. Highest score he's given in a while. All right, Goudreau, uh, what do you feel about this one, sir? I think the movie's ultimate success has to be accredited to knowing when to tag out. This did not feel the need to go to your standard 90 minutes or, God forbid, two hours. This is basically the length of three 22-minute episodes, you know, like it's like a three-part TV episode, but in the best way. And because they don't have to overextend this, they know that they can have both quantity and quality in their jokes without sacrificing either. There are a couple of jokes that land, and as a titular Teen Titans movie, it's not really about the team, but with how much I was laughing both times I watched this, both in the theater and recently for the rewatch, this is 
the kick in the ass the genre needed. It was the the self-referential, analytical, DC taking the piss out of themselves, albeit begrudgingly, because this was a already ongoing show that was making money. So I don't think they would have done this as a one-off if there wasn't for that, especially if you look at how stuck in their ways DC seems to be nowadays with Warner. I can't go quite as high as Adam just because I really wanted the other Titans to have more to do because I like Beast Boy the most of all of them. But for what this is, for everything that's there, I challenge you to watch this movie and not laugh or or smile or or feel like a kid again because this is what good kids entertainment does to where – if you have younger kids, I'm sure they're going to dig this for the crassness and the, like I said, the borderline juvenile jokes that are here. But they're well done and they're funny. Any movie that gets me to laugh at a fart joke multiple times, and different kinds of fart jokes, because there's at least two of them, three if you want to count Robin's excuse for missing the premiere, it works on almost every form. So I'm going to give this a, a very enthusiastic uh, 7 on 10. 7 on 10 from Goudreau. You know, for those who don't know, a little peek behind the curtain here. When we choose these retrospectives, it's not me who schedules these, it's Goudreau. And I told Goudreau, I said, all right, schedule this out. Tell me what exactly we're going to be watching. And when I saw Lego Batman, I'm like, okay. I kind of questioned it on that podcast, but I understood because it Lego Batman, I understand it had the character in it, kind of. When I saw this on the schedule, I was like, really? <laughs> like, Kind of like how how Raven says when they, when they go to the bouncer at the studio she's like this guy again really when i turned this on i had my arms crossed i'm like oh god all right shoot give me with your best shot boy did you guys have a surprise for me with this one i could not have come out smiling any anymore and man jenny even called out she's like man i haven't heard you laugh that hard in a while and I, I did. Like, I, I found a lot of the humor here really funny. And one thing we didn't call out on that Lego Batman movie, you know, we called out a lot of its faults. But one of its big faults was it's too fucking long. That movie is almost an hour and 50 minutes, which totally wears out the welcome that it barely had. This movie is an hour and 24 minutes. It goes so fucking quick. And the humor here... Man, did this humor just it hit all the right spots for me. Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't going to make me go to the streaming service that it's on and say, oh, let me watch all these episodes. Like, I'm not going to go seek out this show. I think I'm still, you know, I, I, I'm past that stage. Like, I'm not going to sit and watch a cartoon, all the episodes of this cartoon. But I will say, I mean, this is a really fun superhero movie. And uh, I, I could not recommend it even more unfortunately if you come in for the plot i'm not going to say the plot is anything to write home about but people aren't going to come here for plots like this is a kid's cartoon turned into a feature-length movie and a lot of times that goes poorly you guys call out the simpsons movie uh i thought that was one of the few times it actually went right and that, from what i hear real fans of that show like big fans of that show hate that movie i'm not a huge fan of the simpsons and i really dug that movie so there are so many things that i can say about this that make it seem like like it's not for me. But I, I look at this movie and I'm like, man, this is for me. Like I really, really dug it. So I'm not going to go as high as Adam, but I'm not going to go as low as Matt either. I'll go right in between. I'll give it a seven and a half. A smile on my face this entire almost 90 minutes. It is completely fun. And I do recommend, even if you haven't seen one episode of the show, go check it out because I guarantee you'll have a good time. Where we won't have a good time is next week. No matter what we think of the movie, Next week we're reviewing, and I, I cannot believe we're doing this. We're going from Teen Titans Go to the Movies to the Joaquin Phoenix starring Joker. Now, the Academy Award winning Joker. I have not watched Joker since I blind bought it. I hadn't seen it yet, and I'll explain that story when we get to that movie next week. I bought it the day it came out. I'm like, okay, let me see this movie. I, I watched it, and um, yeah, definitely have thoughts on it. Boys. What are you looking forward to when we talk about Joker next week? For me, I think it's going to be an interesting discussion that, you know, we're going deeper into this Batman franchise with discussing a movie that's not Batman. You know, we'll discuss whether or not Batman is in the movie, you know, as we go. But this is one that regardless needs to be discussed because of its success, because of its controversy, because of its tone, because of what the movie is. I mean, Joker it's amazing that it's one of Warner Brothers' most successful movies, period. Not superhero movies. It is one of their most successful movies. And everything that went along with it is going to be a really interesting discussion. And I think 
you know, this one, we're kind of all aligned with it. I think there may be a little more fireworks that show up when we discuss Odd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix Joker next week. My curiosity for this conversation largely lies in what Adam's going to say, because knowing him the way that I do, I know there's aspects that I'll be very curious to hear his thoughts on, and Garrett's for that matter. But I did see it the one time in the theater, and this is the second time I watched it for this show. So I will defer a lot of the conversations to you guys, because I do have things to say, but I'm not sure that I'll be the driving force as much as I have been on some of these other shows. Adam, I think that's his way of saying he doesn't want to watch the movie. Um, (laughs) Just don't defer to me that much. No, I look forward to the discussion next week. It's going to be a really fun discussion, no matter, again, I mean, the movie we're discussing is not going to be fun at all. It's like the complete polar opposite of the film that we talked about today. But um, I am looking forward to that discussion. But until next week when we talk about Joker, give me a call when you learn to be real podcasters. Thanks, boys. All my friends are heating, taking slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Separating the boxes is still going to cause a massive surge. I'll have to be there, but you guys should think about getting clear. We're with you till it's done. Honestly, I think we're all going to be dead waiting for that. And you know what? I don't mind. It's an honorable end. But we got to shut Steppenwolf down. Superman's a no-show. You got no powers. No offense. This guy might be working for the enemy. We don't know. You're tripping over your feet and mine. Oof. You're gorgeous. Fierce and strong. And, mm. I know we went to war with Amazons, but that was before my time. And you know what? I don't want to die. I'm young. There's shit that I want to do. I just feel like I never really embraced the sea or the land. I've been alone my whole life. Being part of something bigger like this. Maybe I'm scared because I'm meant to. I think that was beautiful. You say a word about this. You'll meet every prana I know. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Three Men in a Retrospective Podcast. This place is amazing, y'all. Join us next week for an entirely new review. Hollywood, here we come! (laughs) The Three Men in a Retrospective podcast is produced by Garrett, Matt, Adam, and Nathan. I hate everything you just said. Edited by Garrett. What is it with you? What made you what you are? Voiceovers by Adam. That's what a dose of reality will do to you. It's why I never touch the stuff. I find it waters down the hallucination. The Three Men and a Retrospective Podcast is for review and discussion, and all clips, music, and audio cues are used as such. I was just trying to get you there. They did a movie years later, which was shit in my estimation. But that led into T Titans Go to the Movies. Well, strike that, reverse it. <laughs> it led into Teen Titans Go, which was a reboot. 
So it was, well, it was an experience. Let me just put it that way. So this might be a, ooh, my girlfriend just made me a drink. Thank you. I could use um, one too, honey. <laughs> Adam could use one. <laughs> I don't know. I find Kristen Bell to be a very good presence and it's very fun to listen to. What, what do you guys think of, of uh, what's her name again? Um, Jade, Jade, Jade Wilson. Yeah, what do you guys think of Jade Wilson? Why this works is that The Lion King has never gone out of style. It is still as popular now as it almost has ever been. That's just because they desecrated it with that live-action abomination. It's an animated movie, goddammit. Stop calling it live-action. God, this Disney remake makes me go on tangents. But <laughs> the... Everybody's cracking. The parents, as much as the kids are cracking up at this. And yeah, not for that quote-unquote live-action CG abomination, but that original. Like, it's just, it's, it's a perfect joke in this moment. Still haven't seen that that Lion King remake. Don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is one of the most soul-crushing things you will ever see. <laughs> yeah, for John Favreau doing it, there's absolutely no heart in that movie. And I love The Jungle Book, but, oh, weird. So yep, be- stick with that. Okay. Not this one that's the fucked up one. It's the inverse of it later on. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, You know what? I got ahead of myself. Thank you for catching it. They are then seeing the effects of what they did, what they they have done. Um, uh, I'm sorry. They are seeing the effects. Booyah.